goosebumps. Oops. I mean, give yourself goosebumps. Number eight, the curse of the creeping coffin. Reader beware, you a choose a to scare. Choose from over 20 different scary endings. Boo dude, this also says this on the front. Boo dude, Goosebumps is on TV. See your local TV lists for details. In the back, I love this on the back. They're real deadheads. You're off to visit your grandmother whose house backs up to a graveyard. At first, the tombstones seem far away, but every day they move a little closer. Then you discover the headstones are disappearing, but the dead aren't gone. Their ghosts are moving right into your grandmother's house. <gasps> if you decide to stay, you must battle a warrior ghost. If you decide to run, one of the kid ghosts follows you home. Will you be haunted for the rest of your life? The choice is yours in this scary Goosebumps adventure that's packed with over 20 super spooky endings. Listener beware, you choose the scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. Saber's hungry. Stay out of the basement! I must have your beautiful hands. You know how much I love Halloween. And I want my bride. You must drink or treat forever. Happy Halloween. Viewers beware. You're in for a scare. Yes, Miss Mom. Yes, Miss Mom. Yes, Miss Man. Yes, Miss Lady. Yes, Miss Daddy. Yes, Miss Daddies. I love that the back of this book says they're real deadheads. I'm also gagged for the plot of this. Me too. I don't remember this one. I don't remember it all. At I all. love the title, The Curse of the Creeping Coffin. Um, hi. Hi. I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. And, and you guys we're the Terror Twins. We're the Terror Twinsy. Are you ready to to give yourself goosebumps today or tonight? I hope you are. Matthew, why don't you tell the listener about the way this book looks? Well, it's not T. Jacobus, I'll tell you that. No, it's it's not. It's the other person. And it is, we're looking at a graveyard, Mama. We're looking at a, or a cemetery, I think, because we can't see a church nearby. Mm -hmm. So we're, I see, it's a cemetery and it's there's a the sky is red i'd say like an orange red Ooh, yeah and there is a coffin that's laying on top of the grass mm-hmm. and like a dark i want to say purple coffin with say it with with crunchy or, leaves orangey crunch leaves and spider webs over it. and there's a skeleton pushing it's up pushing up the the lid of the coffin and you can see the skeleton's two hands and a rib cage and then there's tombstones around and then the colors for this book are like a a marigold and a green, a Kelly it's green. It's a real Kelly green. And also, if you, if, if listeners, if you've seen Give Yourself Goosebumps, they kind of have a hologram cover. And I'd say this one's giving like gray and silver hologram. Yeah, I think it's especially gorgeous. It is gorgeous. And I'm excited about this one. And I'm going to be reading um, reading the, the book. And Daniel's going to be one making the decisions today. And if you remember... Um, where this is going to be happening in real time. So Daniel's going to answer, and it, as you guys know, with these episodes, sometimes they're really short and sometimes they're really long, depending if Daniel picks correctly or incorrectly. We'll see. And Daniel gets one, one, one practice death, one fake death, and then a true death. Unless you go all the way and you win. 
Oh, I can't wait to win. Now, this book came out in August of 1996. and I love it. I love August. I love the heat, Mama. Yes, Mama. And this was the same month that um, How to Kill a Monster came out. Work! Matthew, tell us what number that book is. 46. That's right. I would have, listeners, I would have you know that not one week ago, not one week ago, Matthew and I were quizzing each other on knowing the Goosebumps numbers like and yesterday. titles. Yeah. Or the day I mean, before yesterday, maybe. Yeah, basically. And we are experts, hence us having this podcast. Yes, we have really interesting, busy lives. So, Matthew... Jump on in and let's see if I survive. I just want to read like the the Give Yourself Goosebumps books we've done so far. Please. Number one, Escape from the Carnival of Horrors. Number two, TikTok You're Dead. Number three, Trapped in Batwing Hall. Number four, The Deadly Experiments of Dr. Ink. Number five, Night in Werewolf Woods. That was the one. That's the one. Six, Beware of the Purple Peanut Butter. And seven, Under the Magician's Spell. And then we're under eight, The Curse of Creeping Coven. So I'm going to read this first page. This is like a little prologue. And well, right when you open it, what? I said, well, well, dip us in. Beware. Do not read this book from beginning to end. I wouldn't dare. You can't believe it. You stare out the window at the creepy cemetery. See? Cemetery. At the creepy cemetery in your grandmother's backyard. The graves are moving. You're sure of it. Then you turn to see an even more frightening sight. Your grandmother's house is haunted by ghosts. Lots of ghosts. Evil wow. ghosts who want you. <laughs> wow. A lot is happening already. Why are the creeping coffins creeping? Do you stay to find out or do you race home? Even though a terrifying ghost is waiting there for you too? If you stay, if if you stay, you discover that the coffins are spelling a message in the graveyard. Oh, I like this. Oh, it turned into a graveyard. Guess there is a church nearby. If you stay, you discover that the coffins are spelling a message in the graveyard. A message that spells out your doom. Unless you can find the ghost who is the keeper of the sword, mm-hmm. steal the sword, okay. and plunge it into the grave of the MPG. What's an MPG? You'll have to find out for yourself. But hurry, the ghosts are moving closer and closer. You're in control of this scary adventure. You decide what will happen and how terrifying the scares will be. Start on page one, then follow the instructions at the bottom of each page. You make the choices. So take a deep breath, cross your fingers, and turn to page one now to give yourself goosebumps. I hope MPG stands for most pretty ghosts. Wow, maybe. This is like unusual a little bit where this is feeling like a, a video game in a way. Where it's, it's, feel, like you, it's feeling like it's feeling like a game. Like a task you have to like accomplish. It's feeling like a Dungeons and Dragons board game. Anyway, here we go. I'm bored, you moan, like this. I'm bored. I'm so bored. I could eat flies just to see how they taste. (laughs) Flies have germs, your grandmother replies. It's a hot, sticky day in the middle of July. You plop down into a creaky old chair in your grandmother's kitchen. Your parents dropped you off yesterday before they left for their vacation. And you already could die of boredom. Girl. Your grandmother's old dog, Sparkle... (laughs) Yawns loudly. He crawls under the table. Moments later, he begins to snore. I know just how you feel, Sparkle, you say. You sigh loudly, like this. (sighs) Why don't you go outside and find find something to do? Your grandmother suggests. She looks up from the pie she's baking and nods towards the backyard. Mm, What kind of pie you think that is? It doesn't say, but I hope it's a... I hope it's a cherry pie. pie. Ooh, peach is more summery. That's bright. Go out there, you think? Into her backyard? No way. 
You glance out the window. It's probably 90 degrees in the shade. Oh no! But you shiver. Your grandmother's house is right in front of an old cemetery. Rows and rows of old crumbling tombstones sit just beyond the edge of her backyard. I love that. But that's not what scares you. What scares you is that the tombstones have been moving. <gasps> you notice it right after you arrived yesterday. You saw the tombstones from your bedroom window on the second floor. You could tell some of the graves had cool carvings on them, so you decided to go outside and take a closer look. But when you go outside, but when you enter the graveyard, something was different. Strange. Some of the graves were out of place. Nah, I can't believe you told yourself. Graves don't disappear, but still. From your bedroom window, you could have sworn there were six or seven graves in the back row. Now there are only three. Nah, you must have counted wrong. You decided to forget it and went to bed. But when you woke up in the morning and glanced out the window, the coffins had moved again. Now there were ten in the back row, and the middle rows seemed more crowded. It almost looked as if some of the graves were moving forward and some of the graves were moving backward, and there was a big traffic jam in the center. The coffins were rearranging themselves. <gasps> but how? And why? Sounds like there's math happening a little bit. Um, but I love it. Page uh, Go on to page three. Your grandmother taps you on the shoulder. She snaps you out of your daydream. <laughs> go on, she says. Go play outside. Outside? Out there? You shudder as you glance out the kitchen window again. Oh no, you cry. It's disappeared. What's disappeared? Your grandmother asks. The grave with the angel on it, you screech, pointing out the window. I mean, the grave with the angel on it! <laughs> you screech, pointing out the window. It's gone! One headstone in particular caught your eye yesterday. It had an angel carving on it. The angel looks so realistic, you practically believe she could fly away. Did she? Your grandmother peers out the kitchen window. Don't be a goose, she scolds you. That tombstone is still there. You don't answer her, even though she didn't ask a question. You can't. Your heart is pounding crazily and your mouth has gone dry. You bolt out the back door. You've got to see for yourself. But in the graveyard, you discover that your grandmother is right. The tombstone with the angel is gone. It just moved. It had been in the last row. Now it's up front. I'm losing my mind, you think. Losing it completely. Or are you? Find out on page four. Will you ever make a decision? I don't think so. You run back into the house shouting, Grandma, you yell, that grave with the angel on it. Your grandmother interrupts you. You don't have to shout, dear. The angel? She looks up from her pie crust. That's a nice one. Let me see. Who is buried there? Oh, yes. That's Elmira Martin's grave. Before you can explain about the moving gravestones, a voice on the far side of the room makes you jump. The name is Elvira Martin. Elvira Martin. El the name is Elvira Martin, the voice says sharply. Not Elmira. You could, you never could get my name right. Your mouth drops open. A strange woman now stands in the doorway that leads from the kitchen into the hall. A very strange woman, because she isn't a living, breathing woman. She's a ghost. Uh, Grandma? You begin. But from the way your granny is humming to herself, you can tell she doesn't hear or see this scary visitor. And don't you stare at me, you little wretch, the ghost says, pointing at you, or you'll be sorry. What are you going to do? Suddenly you're living in a haunted house. If you run outside, turn to page 18. If you talk to the ghost, turn to page 25. 
I'm gonna run outside. Uh, I'm g g g g going outside. You stutter. That's nice, your grandmother says, returning to her baking. And when you come back in, I hope you'll stop being so silly. She still doesn't notice the ghost in the doorway. You back up toward the door to the porch. You keep your eye on the ghost the whole time, and she keeps her glowing eyes on you. As soon as your hand reaches the doorknob behind you, you turn, fling open the door, and bolt. But just as you start down the back porch steps, two hands grab your ankle. Ah, you cry as you trip. You sprawl headfirst down the stairs. Oh, no. Land on page 39. Ouch. Give, give me an ouch. Ouch. You land face down the bottom of the steps. Good thing it wasn't a long flight of stairs. You're only bruised and scratched. You scraped your chin, but nothing's broken. <laughs> you hear a boy's voice say. You turn toward the voice. You want to see the jerk who made you trip. Hey, wait a minute. There is no jerk behind you. You blink to be sure. Yep, you're sure. There's absolutely no one standing at the top of the stairs. Or anywhere else. Oh, wow. Turn to page 44. The boy's voice taunts again. Gotcha, 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 a girl's voice joins in. Right in front of your amazed eyes, a boy and a girl slowly begin to materialize. When they finally take shape, you can see that they're teenagers. But teenagers from a long time ago. The boy is dressed in a funny-looking black suit with a frilly white shirt and shiny black shoes. Hot. The girl is wearing a long, old-fashioned white linen dress. Her hair is braided, and the braids are wrapped around her head three times. <laughs> the boy and the girl almost look solid, but not quite. You can see right through them. You can say that again. Boo! They shout at the same time. Then they double over with hysterical laughter that sounds just like this. <laughs> Your heart is still pounding wildly. Is this really happening? Or are you dreaming? There's only one way to find out. Pinch yourself. If it hurts, turn to page 53. If it doesn't, turn to page 60. I mean, it doesn't hurt a lot. Does it hurt or not? I don't think it really hurts. You didn't feel that? Uh-oh. Pinch again. Nothing? You've obviously fallen asleep while reading this book. You've gone bye-bye to dreamland. You're probably snoring, too. The thing is, in your dreams, you'll probably be able to handle these ghosts. But in real life, well, that's a different story. So go ahead. Snooze on. Enjoy it. We'll see how well you survive when you wake up. When you wake up, turn to page 53. No doubt about it, you are definitely awake. This is really happening. Which means you are face to face with two teenage ghosts. You stand up and brush yourself off. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? You ask, trying not to let your voice tremble. What do you want? What are you doing here? I'm Jane Luckmeyer, the girl ghost says, and this is my dearly beloved twin brother, John. <laughs> John bows deeply, then he sticks out his tongue. Oh, John, Jane cries. This will be so much fun. Yes, dear sister. John answers, we haven't had anyone to torment in ages. An eternity, Jane agrees. But I spent the time thinking, I've spent the time thinking of ever more horrible tricks and tortures. You don't like the sound of that. Could these two creeps have something to do with the creeping coffins? Tell me something, you say, hoping you sound casual. Well, tell me something. So, uh, why have these uh, coffins been moving around? 
But the twins don't answer you. Instead, they cackle horribly like this. <laughs> and grin at you. The Luckmeyer twins float down the steps toward you. And they both have an evil glint in their eyes. Uh-oh, these two spell trouble. Double trouble. Run, you tell yourself, but which way? If you run away from them, you'll be running straight toward the graveyard. But your only way back into the house is by getting past the Luckmeyer twins first. They're floating closer and closer to you, and John is hiding something behind his back. You freeze. You can't decide what to do. You know John is up to something. And you know you'd better not stick around to find out what it is. But which way should you go? Don't think. Run. If you run toward the graveyard, turn to page 93. If you try to slip past the twins and back into the house, turn to page 108. I know better than to slip past any twins. I'm going to the graveyard. You turn your heels and run as fast as you can. Straight toward the graveyard. Hey, Jane calls out to you. Don't go in there. Oh, sure, you think. She just doesn't want you to escape. You keep running. But the minute you cross the property line, from your grandmother's yard into the cemetery, a terrible chill runs down your spine. <laughs> your whole body feels as if it's turned to ice or stone. You stop running and begin to move very slowly. I am walking among the dead, you hear yourself say in a flat voice. Why did I say that? You wonder. You are walking among the dead, John says right behind you. You are walking among the dead, John says right behind you. He and Jane float around the graveyard. I'm a prisoner of the graves, you hear yourself say. You are a prisoner of the graves, John and Jane repeat your words together. You take a few more steps. Your legs are so stiff you can barely move. You look down your feet and scream. Gah! You moan. My feet have turned to stone. It's true. Your feet have turned to stone. So has the rest of you. Help! You want to cry out, but you can't speak. Stone lips don't move. Oh no. I warned you, Jane says quietly. Ahaha, John says, laughing and pointing at you. You're stuck. He wags a finger in your stony face. I'd like to bite him, you think, but you can't. You can't do anything. You're a statue. You've turned to solid stone. See what happens when you walk among the dead, John says. You should have listened to Jane. Don't ever walk with a dead person into a graveyard. It's the most dangerous thing you can do. Now they tell you. Go to page 113 if you can. Go on and try it. Try to turn the page, stony fingers. Aha! <laughs> That's funny. So there you are, standing like a stone statue in a graveyard. You probably think this is the end, don't you? I do. Well, it could have been. But a few days later, the graveyard caretaker comes by. He notices you and realizes that you don't belong there. Pretty soon, he figures out you could get a lot of money for a stone statue of a kid. So he backs up his pickup truck into the cemetery and loads you on it. Then he drives away. <laughs> he sells you to a garden shop that carries stone statues to put in people's gardens. A few months later, your grandmother walks into the shop and sees you standing there. She can't believe her eyes. A statue that looks exactly like her missing grandchild. She buys, she buys you and brings you back to her house. Unfortunately, your grandmother's house is still haunted, but for some reason she has never noticed the ghosts floating all around. But you notice them, especially the two ghosts you hate the most, the Luckmeyer twins. They spend the rest of eternity teasing you and pinching your stone nose, and you just have to stand there and take it until the end of time. Oh my god, I love it. How funny is that? I love it. So I guess the choice I sh 
I'm going to remake is running past the twins as opposed to running towards the graveyard, right? Yes. Whoa, so that was death number one, but that was just a practice. Now let's get back to your real choice, to try to slip past the twins and back into the house. Okay. On page 108. You run up the stairs, darting sideways to get past John, but he grabs you with one hand. Whoa. For a see-through guy, John is strong. In his other hand, he dangles a ghostly snake before your eyes. Whoa, that's not where I dangle it. Yikes. The snake hisses in your face. Its fangs drip ghostly poison. Poopy poison. John and Jane laugh at your terrified expression. John shoves the hissing snake into your face again. Its tongue darts in and out between its razor-sharp fangs. Can a ghost snake hurt you? The pain where John is clutching your arm makes you think it probably can. You swallow hard and lurch away from him. Luckily, he and Jane don't try to follow, and with a yank, you pull open your grandmother's kitchen door. Yikes, again, it's that other ghost, Elvira, and she's standing right there. So you came back, she snarls. You may regret that. She turns and floats into the hall. Then she floats up the stairs toward your room. Follow her to page 49. You follow Elvira to your room on the second floor. The moment you step into the bedroom, she slams the door. Then she whirls around to face you. Her eyes turn green and begin to glow. You back up, stumbling and fall into the bed. You little wretch, she says. I don't want any trouble from you. Sparks seem to fly from her flashing green eyes. You shrink back into the pillows. Then Elvira gazes around the room. Yes, yes, she says. This will do nicely. Well, what do you mean, you stammer? Elvira floats toward the bed. She hovers over you. I'm taking over this room now, she tells you. Get out. You would love to leave, but you are shaking too hard to get up. Besides, you have to find out what's going on. Elvira is the only one who can explain it to you. Please, you beg. Just tell me, why are you here? And why are the graves moving? Shut up, she screeches, and get off that bed. I want to lie down. I haven't slept in a bed in 51 years. Uh Uh-oh, you realize. You aren't just dealing with a ghost here. You're dealing with a ghost in a very bad mood. You better do what she says on page 72. Oh no, the ghost of you and me, my BB Mac. You jump up from the bed. Elvira lies down, neatly spreading her white satin dress on the covers. Her long red hair fans out across the pillow. Ah, she sighs. A real bed. She shuts her eyes. You hope she doesn't sleep too long. You have so many questions to ask, and you hope she'll be in a better mood when she wakes up. She dozes for exactly two minutes. Then her green eyes pop open. You notice they they aren't glowing green anymore. Ah, Elvira says, that's better. Now that she's awake, you're not sure how to begin. You're almost too freaked out to speak, but you have to know. Why are the graves moving, you ask? What's going on? It's the curse of the creeping coffins, the ghostly woman answers. And we're moving into this house. All of us. All of us? Gulp. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Rush to page 106. Well, what do you mean, all of you? You manage to stammer. You ask too many questions. Uh-oh, Elvira's eyes flash green again. Don't get in our way and maybe we'll let you live. She soars up over your head and stares down at you. And don't you go talking to that ghost hunter Mick Farling either, Elvira adds. In the next instant, she floats backwards and disappears into a wall. McFarling, a ghost hunter? You are startled by a loud clumping footsteps above you. Like, they sound like this. You glance up at the ceiling. The light fixture is shaking. It sounds as if the whole crowd, it's, it sounds as if a whole crowd wearing clunky boots is stomping around the attic. Who could it be? 
you want to find out about McFarling, turn to page 16. If you want to find out who's in the attic, turn to page 85. Oh, this is tough. Um, um, it just asks me who I want to find out about. If you want to find out about McFarling, turn to page 16. If you want to find out who's in the attic, turn to page 85. I want to know who's been stomping around my attic. Such a good song. Okay, 85. You decide to find out who is making all that goddamn noise in the <laughs> attic. You glance around for something to use as a weapon. Let's see. Your grandmother has doilies, a rocking chair, pillows, not much to choose from. Finally, you pick up a piece of rope that your mom used to tie your suitcase closed. Oh. And then you celebrated the new year, 1934. I'm kidding. Um, is that crazy? A piece of rope to shut your suitcase? Mm, that seems woefully convenient. You have no idea how a piece of rope could help, but it's all you've got. The pounding of heavy feet over your head makes you wonder if you're making a mistake. But you have to find out who or what is in the attic. Slowly you climb the stairs. Dust from the attic steps stirs in the air as it makes you sneeze. Achoo, you say loudly like this. Achoo! All at once the stomping stops. The door to the attic bangs open. No, you scream when you see what's standing at the top of the stairs. It's a bunch of ghosts. Turn to page 92. You can't believe your eyes. You're not going to guess what's at the top of the stairs. What do you think is at the top of the stairs? I think at the top of the stairs is a bunch of rats. At the top of the attic stairs is a ghost horse. A huge, wild stallion with its mane flying behind it. Foam drips from the stallion's mouth. Its eyes are wild with fury. Oh no. The horse backs up a step, then rears up and lets out an angry, terrible cry that sounds just like this. Its hooves crash down, clomping loudly on the attic floor. Wait, this is a ghost horse? Wait a minute, you think? A gorse? Was there a horse buried in the cemetery? Then you remember. An extra long grave with a headstone that read, Here lies... Here lies McFarlane. Here lies Glory. Too wild for the riders of this world. Aw, justice for glory. No kidding, you think. This horse looks like a killer. Quick. You're going to be trampled unless you do something. But what? If you jump on Glory and ride him, turn to page 126. If you use the rope to lasso him, turn to page 54. Wow, I really can't imagine myself doing either of those things. But I'm going to try and ride him. Okay, we're turning to page 126. As the ghost horse charges at you, you grab his mane and pull yourself onto his back. Yeehaw! Ride him, cowboy. There's only one problem. An instant later, the horse turns left. And a left turn from your grandmother's attic stairway only goes one place. Straight through the stairway wall. And then outside. Uh-oh. You grip Glory's mane even tighter and shut your eyes. Okay, you think. Makes sense. A ghost horse can ride through walls. But can you? Bam! Guess not. And that's why, when you open your eyes again, you're still riding glory. <gasps> you and your ghost horse charge through the moonlit sky, and as you will. Can't fight the moonlight. As you will, for eternity. It's said on his tombstone, glory was too <laughs> no. wild for the riders of this world. But face it, you aren't of this world anymore. Those days have come to an end. Oh my. God. Isn't that crazy? This book was Can I also fun. point something else out that has never existed in a Goosebumps book before? There's sure. a drawing of the graveyard in there. Oh, it's cute. Why don't you read the pe- the gravestones to uh, the, the listeners? So there's a picture of graves, and these are the names in them that we'll never know who these people are, but Rachel Young, 
Thomas Owen, Patrick Unger, Ben Wong, Elizabeth Ives, John Luckmeyer, Jane Luckmeyer in a connected grave, Mary Dawson, Gregory Ives, Archibald Swope, Nancy Ottoman, Chester Ottoman, and Robert North. Wow, th- this book was really fun. I was just flipping through and seeing some of the other options, and there's some really cool stuff in this book. Like, remember the MPG and the Keeper of the Sword and all yeah. that? I found out what MPG is just by flipping through the book. Tell us. Most Powerful Ghost. I said Most Pretty. No, it's Most Powerful. And then there's like another ghost named Brandon Estep. And then there's a ghost with, I just saw that. And there's a ghost with like a leather jacket covered in spikes. Wow. Yeah. I'd be interested in reading more of this book. Yeah, this was a really good one. I feel like we're barely um, tipping this edge of the tombstone, whatever the phrase is. Um but what's what the also stuff we've never had before like twin ghosts were very fun i love jane and john luckmeyer and a ghost horse yeah that's a first glory the ghost horse that was really something i think the curse of the creeping coffins is fun although i i don't know why we were so hell-bent on find out what why the co- the coffins were moving like we wouldn't even let you yeah know, i don't really Elvira care I, was, I think they should the coffins should just do their thing yeah, I think this book is full of it, though. It is really ex- I like this one a lot. I like this one, too. Up next, for Give Yourself Goosebumps, is The Knight in Screaming Armor. Great title. Just sounds so great. Great um, title. Tell us what makes you scream. You can reach out to us Woo! at welcometodeadcast at gmail.com or say hey just to me at Daniel X Montgomery on Instagram and Daniel Montgomery on Twitter. Where can they reach you, Matthew? I'm Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery on Instagram on iRobotUJane on Twitter and Matthew Scott Montgomery on TikTok. Well, listen, I'll be riding on a horse till the end of time. Ooh. And maybe, you're not of this world. Maybe you'll see the two of us in a graveyard someday. Yeah, we're the Luckmeyer twins. <laughs> if we dare. If we yeah, dare. sure. If we even dare. <laughs>